This life lets me down And the lies tell me I've been abandoned When the darkness surrounds And it seems that there's no hope inside I can call on your name And you release my pain Lord, you hear me I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're in your peace with every breath that I breathe. I can call on you and your love covers pain. There's no place that I would rather be right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm washed in the blood. You see, fear is the enemy. Left to its lies, it'll break me. I won't be led to believe that all feelings I am should be trusted. I can all feel as you open my eyes to your hand on me. I can lean into you. That you'll fight for me Lord you fight Oh I need for you To carry me up on your shoulders You're releasing your peace With every breath that I breathe And I can call on your name and you covers pain there's no place that i'd rather be than right here with you i'm safe in your arms i'm washed in the blood you see all the lies that fill up my mind they come straight from the voice of the enemy I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight Cause I know you're living in me Lord, I'll step across here and surrender my life And become who you call me to be Who you call me to be I will trust you, Lord, because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name and your love covers pain that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm 
safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood. Saturday, everybody. How are you doing today? Another beautiful day here in, in Kentucky, little, but the weather is perfect. Absolutely great. We were living an hour out today, putting the greenhouse together. Um, they <laughs> came in parts like that had so many parts. This will be a multi-day project, apparently. And you know what? Instructions aren't what they used no. to be, but thank goodness for YouTube because there's always somebody that had the same issues that you had that teaches you how to put this stuff together. I learned that back in the day when I was trying to fix an old like 70s rainbow vacuum cleaner. And uh, I'm like, how do you fix this thing? So I went to YouTube and found like 14 videos. I'm like, yes, YouTube. Thank you. And since then, I've gotten three or four new degrees from YouTube. That's right. I mean, I wasted all that money in college. and I could have just gone to YouTube. But guys, it is awesome to see you all today on this beautiful Saturday. Um, we went to, uh, well, in between um, all the little things we've been doing around the house in the greenhouse, we went and grabbed some barbecue. And they had a some of the best brisket I've ever had. It was so tasty. Was. Um, with the Carolina, Carolina barbecue sauce. For those of you who don't know that have not been to South and North Carolina, it's the mustard-based sweet sauce. And it was so good, so awesome. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty nice. And uh, yeah, Defy Tyranny. Guess what? You're kilted. That's right. I haven't opened it yet. I've been tempted, but it's here. So uh, we're going to play just a, a couple of videos. Just give you an update on... I was hoping that Jeff would pop on here today. He still just had another rough day today, um, but he is contemplating coming on tomorrow, I hope. So, oh, so keep too. keep Jeff in your prayers, guys. Um, he, he's sending me more news and stuff again, which means he's starting to feel a little bit better, but it just goes up and down, and I hope that they get to the problem of this. And uh, we get Jeff back, because I know you all miss him as much as I do. Um, I, I miss that guy like crazy. But you can always reach out to him at Brothers in a Bible yeah. on Telegram. Yeah, exactly. Please feel free yeah, to, guys. In, to just just go bombard Brothers in a Bible um, on Telegram and just send Jeff love and your prayers. Um, you know, little love goes a long way, and I'm certain he would appreciate hearing from all of you. So take a moment. Go over to Telegram, yeah, Brothers yeah. in a Bible, and just say, Jeff, we're praying for you, and I love you. Yeah. So we're going to really talk about... Um, topic of the day, which is going to be what are signs and wonders of the end times. And I think that's quite appropriate for what we're dealing with right now, especially last night, which we had a, what was it? Um, canes and quakes (laughs) and yeah, and fires. Oh my, um, more wonders, um, or whatever's going on, uh, signs of the end times. So we're going to go over that, but there are a couple of videos that I want to play real quick before we get into that. Um, one of them, uh, is this is just one instance and we're going to see more of this so the governor of new mexico we talked a little bit at last night has just declared the first and second amendment does not exist due to an emergency so apparently emergencies um dictate hey we can just shut down the constitution like they care do they really need an emergency not really they pretty much uh put it through a thrown into a garbage can or something Um, they don't really care about constitution anymore but we do we care a lot about it and we need to start fighting we need to start holding these idiots accountable getting rid of them, not waiting, not going, we're going to get, no, 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 
people need to come together, start screaming for an impeachment, get rid of these idiots, and then replace them immediately because they're only going to get more tyrannical. So um, under this legal all of the rights are essentially eliminated. Watch the most evil, tyrannical 60s you've heard from a politician. So I'm going to play this little minute and 45 video real quick. This is what's going on right now in New Mexico. And this is just, just heart-wrenching, disgusting, and more of a reason for us to stand up and get rid of these people. Yeah. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carrying license? With one exception. And that is, if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency... No, constitutional rights, 100% absolute. Absolutely absolute. This 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. Okay, so let me get this straight. You are allowed to remove parts of the Constitution in order to uphold other parts of the Constitution? Did, did I hear that correctly? Is that pretty much what she just said? Because I don't see how that works. No. I don't see who gets to dictate what constitutional rights get to be removed for other constitutional rights to be upheld. The whole damn thing gets upheld. And once again, go after the criminals. It's not us. It's not your average American patriot, God-loving gun carriers that are the problem. It's the crooks. The same ones that will somehow find guns if all guns are removed from civilization. This is disgusting. I'll finish this video before I blow a fuse. And they are not, in my view. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. You're talking about crimes. There are already laws against crimes, so how are there right? But, but again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. Do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets for 30 minutes? No. But here's what I do think. It's a pretty resounding message. Okay. Yeah. Criminals do not care about the law or they would not be breaking the law to begin with. This is just, it just, they regurgitate this stuff. And it gets so annoying and so infuriating after a while because, I mean, literally, they don't care. What are the most, where are the most shootings take place? Gun-free zones. It's not a, a coincidence that that happens. So you can't, and, uh, I believe uh, Moonwolf said it, you know, th these are unalienable rights. Um, the, the, you can't go removing things. Like I said, these are aren't things that are given to us by the government. These are rights given to us by our Heavenly Father, Lord Almighty. It's called freedom. It's called liberty. And uh, Benjamin Franklin said that, you know, anyone who's willing to give up a little bit of freedom and liberty for temporary safety deserves neither. And I agree with that 100%. Criminals are criminals because they don't abide by the law. I saw a meme today that pretty much summed it up so darn well. It said 11-year-old gets attacked by a shark. 
breaking news. Biden bans all shark bites to so that everybody is safe. I mean, this is literally what, where we are. Bad things are going to be bad. Bad people are going to be bad people. And if they're ignoring the laws that are on the books, they're not going to go, oh, well, you're doing me a favor and you're canceling some of the rights in the Constitution. So I'm going to listen now. It doesn't work that way. And I'm getting so sick of this. And this is just one example. We're going to see more of this. I told you last night that uh, there's an 11% tax on ammo and anything related to guns, ammunition, or anything in California. Um, thanks, Joe. Exactly. Man. Guy, every day he just he, he just gets under your skin a little bit more um you know so i just wanted to play that real quick um for those of you that live in new mexico we got to do something we got to stop it for the rest of us we need to make sure this doesn't happen to us we need to stand up fortunately i did read an article today that the sheriff um is going to refuse to um abide by what she just did so that's once again the absolute importance of having a constitutional sheriff because they will protect your butt when you got tyranny like this, this is Grisham, I think her name is, man. And I, it just, I just can't believe that we're seeing this every single day. But I guess we are warned in scripture that this is where we're going to come um, in, in so many terms. And we're watching it happen right in front of us. So the next thing I want to play right here, this is mainly for the parents, but all of us, because we can do something about this. This is our responsibility to protect the little ones. I didn't realize that this was happening. You guys remember. When we were all young and we were in school, we would have like these little functions or our teacher would sit in front of our class and, and warn us about strangers. And it would be like, if you ever get approached by a stranger, um, don't go away. Don't walk away with them. Scream for your parents. Scream for an adult. Kick them in the balls. Remember those? They, they, they literally gave us that lesson. Kick them in the balls. You know what I'm saying? That was what the teachers told us to do because a little kid can, can affect a, an adult male by, you know, punching them there. Um, but this is what they're teaching kids now. So I'm going to play this little clip for you, and then we'll discuss it real quick before we get into the topic. Listen, sit y'all ass down. I'm going to show y'all a disturbing-ass video. I played this video for my 8-year-old daughter just now, and she confirmed it. She just went to the third grade. She said, Mommy, they've been teaching us this since the kindergarten. What? I'm fucking shook. I'm shook. I'm shook. Okay? Sit your kids down right now and you better ask them. I'm in Florida. I don't know what they're doing in your state. But Florida. apparently they're doing this shit here. And they've been doing it for a while. Somebody sent me these pamphlets of they, what they're giving kids in school. Um... We need to look at this real quick and talk about this. What to do if a stranger comes up to you on the street? First of all, I don't even like the way that look. When you open it up, it says here, do not be afraid. If a stranger walks up to you, no need to be scared. Usually they don't mean any harm. Do not scream or cry. This can hurt the person's feelings. Do not call them a, this can be just as offensive as offensive. It says, do not call them a pedophile. And it says, this could be offensive to the stranger. Is he better ass right now? Try to get to know him better. He just wants to make, make new friends just like you. Why would a grown man be needing to make friends with kids, children? It sounds like a setup to get our kids taken, abducted, kidnapped, snatched, stolen, and put into trafficking. 
keep an eye on your kids. Man, if you could take them out of school and homeschool, homeschool them, I suggest y'all do that. Because this right here, it's going to look like the schools is looking out for them. It's looking like the schools is lining them up. If you know, you know, man. They woke. They are literally, literally leading God's lambs to the slaughter. This is the exact opposite of what we were taught in school. We were taught to scream, kick, get the attention of adult. Do what you can if a stranger approaches you. And that was back in our day. In our day, the people weren't as bad as they are today. Today, the people, there's some horrible people out there. And they're literally like, don't offend them. Don't scream. You might hurt their feelings. All they want to do is be your friend like you want to try to find friends. Like, this is the, the most grooming, grooming thing I've ever heard. They're leading kid. They're leading God's lambs to the slaughter. They're setting them up to be abducted. And I just can't believe that. I mean, the pamphlet, because you can see it on the video. Um, they're sending this out. They're teaching this. And, and when he, when she said Florida, that was my biggest shocker. I wouldn't, you know, if they had said uh, San Diego, yeah. San Francisco, California. Los Angeles, uh, New York City, I wouldn't have been as surprised. But this is Florida. So if this is happening in Florida. I can guarantee you what's happening in every place that I just mentioned. Absolutely. Um, parents, if you didn't have your kids at home homeschooling them, it's time to do it. I mean, they are literally setting your kids up to be taken because the kids are going to be like, oh, well, this guy just wants to be a friend. And then they're quiet and then they get snagged, thrown into the big white van with no windows and you never see them again. I'm just, I'm appalled by, by, by seeing this kind of stuff. And like I said, it, it's God's children. They're going after the innocent ones. Um, we were reading some more stuff today about the trafficking, um, the traffic hub that's, that's basically being used in Ukraine. Um, and I'm hoping that that all comes to some point, something here soon. And that starts getting exposed because this is just getting out of hand. Um, yeah, exactly. Rocky, Rocky says, uh, if I catch one, I'll take them night fishing. You better believe, man. I, I mean, I just, I'll take them to a baseball game. Just me, him and a bat. Yep. Sure. Scott would have said the same thing. Scott would be freaking out a little bit more than I am right now. I'll tell you that he'd be, he'd be screaming about this one. Um, just absurd. And I can't believe that, you know, that we're coming across stuff like this, but it's getting more dangerous for everyone in the world. They're, you know, taking away the innocent people's way to protect themselves um, and letting criminals get away with absolutely everything. And then they're saying, you know, making up excuses to why it's in our benefit that they're doing this stuff. And we're going to see more and more of this. This is the point where we got to get, we have to get loud. We have to be very about who we vote for, especially for sheriffs in our local areas, because it all starts with them. Um, and yeah, this is just getting out of, out of hand. So anyways, I'm going to get into tonight's. Um, Conley is running his father around, which is why he is not here today, but he sends his love. So he may pop in here at some point, but he usually doesn't once we're in the middle of the show. So um, I've taken him on a range date. Patriot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are signs and wonders of the end times? Um, you know, we're, we've seen multiple things mentioned in that we talked about it, you know, when we talked about revelation and so forth, but so what are we seeing today? So hurricane seasoned upon us again, diseases continue to ravage our global health. Wildfires are spreading out. Locusts swarmed in new England this past summer. Are these signs and wonders of the end times prophesied in revelation? And you ask me that question. You ask Jeff that question. We say, absolutely. Um, we're not prophets, so we can't say for sure, but I certainly can read scripture and go, man, these things really connect with each other. I think living right here 
speaking 100% on this. Um, and I think most of you do too. So are they another occurrence of the plagues that God sent the Pharaoh of Egypt? Signs and wonders were regular events in biblical times. Scripture is filled with passages describing these signs and wonders for the future. Multiple books inside of that. So here's my question to you guys. So signs and wonders. Um, are these things natural occurrences? Are these things that God's doing, allowing? Are these things that Satan is putting upon the earth that God's allowing because he has given him the authority of this earth for the moment? Um, or are Satan in the deep state using scripture in order to play these things out? Like, it, to me, it's all the same thing. It really doesn't matter. Even if, if the devil and the demons are going line by line through scripture and making these things happen, um, it still fits into prophecy because God didn't say how it was going to happen. God just says, these are things you need to look for, and these are things that are going to happen. So how it plays out doesn't matter. Um, okay, so I, you guys are, are agreeing with me on this one, that this is basically what, what's happening right now. So where does the Bible um, use the phrase signs and wonders? So in the Old Testament book of Exodus, Moses performed miracles designed by God to soften the Pharaoh's heart. The onset of plagues convinced the Pharaoh to fear the Israelites. God and let his people in or go from Egypt. So God schooled Moses in these plagues, signs and wonders of his power. The wonder of Moses, staff transforming into a snake, was followed by the Nile River turning to blood. Gnats, flies, and locusts swarmed through Egypt, getting into people's homes. Um, with each successive plague, Pharaoh tightened his cruel grip of the Israelites enslaved in Egypt. But after the final plague, the Pharaoh released the Israelites from bondage. You can find that in Exodus 7, 8 through 11. So the Old Testament prophets, <clears throat> excuse me, um, recalled the signs and wonders that led to Exodus from Egypt and predicted wonders in the Hebrews' journey. So as Jeremiah declared to the Jewish captives in Babylon, they had a God which has set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Even unto this day, both in Israel and among all nations. You can find that in Jeremiah 32, 20. So um, the prophet Daniel saw signs and wonders that include visions of beasts, which he interpreted to accurately predict a future political scheme of kings, military actions after Babylonian captivity. Um, now, and the prophet Joel predicted that in the same or in the last days, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and daughters will prophesy or prophesy. So prophesy doesn't mean that you're a prophet, prophet necessarily, but God will give all men, women, daughters, and sons the ability to vision um, personally. You know what I'm saying? It may be for them. It may be something that they pass on, but it allows them to see visions. Doesn't make us a prophet. And, uh, and if you guys noticed in all of the videos that I, that I talk about my dreams and stuff, I'm very careful. And I mentioned this three or four times is I am not a prophet. I don't claim to be a prophet. Um, but we still prophesy. God still gives us these visions. And for a prophet, you can't be wrong one time ever. If you're ever wrong, you're not a prophet period. End of story. You know, so we have a lot of the new age prophets and stuff and I listen to them. Um, but I take it all with a grain of salt, um, because, I need to see all of their stuff being answered because if one thing's not right, if one thing's misconstrued, not answered, they're not a prophet. Although they, so many claim to be, we were also warned that in this times we would have a bunch of false prophets, which we're seeing all over the place. Old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. That's Joel 2, 28 through 32. So signs and 
meant to build faith, encourage obedience, and showcase God's love um, continue in the New Testament of the Bible as well. So leading the early church, Paul quoted the Old Testament prophet Joel when he wrote, God would pour out the spirits, show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. This Acts 2, 17 through 19. And then Acts 4, 30, Paul wrote, By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and thy signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. Um, the uh, Bible observes that Paul predicts some of the visions of John's revelation. So this was John, the the disciple that couldn't be killed. They, they had to go dump him off on an island somewhere. Um, and he ended up creating the final book of our scripture that we know of today. And even though Paul wrote Acts in the mid-century, um, and John wrote Revelation in the latter part of the first century, um, introductions to Acts and Revelation, whatever the timeline, prophets and apostles were aware of the signs and the miracles that displayed God in Jesus' presence in the world. Daniel, I would throw right into that thing because um, I remember, guys, if I if you get that, um, you can go to my Rumble, Pains Angels, and I've got a video called My Walk with Daniel, which kind of goes over the similarities of what Daniel talked about his early um, first Testament, old Testament prophecy to the new Testament prophecies of John um, and revelation at the end of scripture and line up in many different ways, even down to the beast that the beast made of multiple beasts. So what are the signs and wonders of Jesus specifically wonders such as heavenly host of angels singing to shepherds and a new star leading wise men to Jesus birth site accompany Jesus's birth. However, the unwed virgin giving birth to the world's Savior is the greatest miracle in the Bible. Jesus came in human form as God's Son to heal our spiritual, physical, and emotional wounds. That is the greatest wonder in the Bible and the greatest God's love. I would also add the death of Christ um, being another one of God's greatest signs of love because he was willing to give up his son so that we had a chance heaven through Christ. So Jesus' ministry on earth, as we read in the Gospels, was followed by large crowds hoping to witness miracles or seek a miracle for themselves. So Jesus made the lame walk, the blind see, and those possessed of evil spirits clean. Everyone in the crowd did not welcome his miracles, however. So the Pharisees were dismayed by Jesus' seemingly um, random miracles and the healing of the physical and the spiritually sick um, on the Sabbath, if you guys recall that one. They were like, you can't be doing this stuff on the Sabbath. And he's like, well, they need my help. So miraculous event can unify people or it can divide people. It basically breaks down into the believers and the non-believers separating the wheat from the chaff. Those that, that just won't believe. And that was part of the reason that, that Jesus walked around telling the parables is because those people that were truly interested and truly believe would stick around to listen. Those other ones would just walk off. Um, Jesus did warn his disciples that they must evaluate the miracles of false prophets. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall grow um, and shall great signs and wonders, in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive even the very elect. You can find this in Matthew twenty four twenty four. Remember that the Pharaoh's magicians were able to perform the first three wonders Moses performed in Exodus. But what ultimately ended up happening? What was the great thing that ended up happening with Moses is Moses' snake ate the Pharaoh's snake. So basically, God just trumped them. And it was like, you know what? We will digest your miracles and we will show you who the king of kings is. 
Um, so on more positive note, Jesus also told his disciples to believe me when I say that I am the, I am in the father and the father is in, or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. So very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do greater things than I, because I am going to the father. This is John 14, 11 through 12 right now. And you guys know, I run through my, my, my times of this is my favorite verse. This is my favorite verse, but this one right here is probably the one that I like the most at this moment. And it's because, um, you know, just like the, the video, if you guys didn't see our show last night, I played a video, which we have linked in our Kilted Christian. So go check it out. Um, and he refers to the fact is that, you know, much like the Catholics, they focus on the death of Christ, which is important because that, that moment is when we had the chance for our salvation. God gave us one of the greatest gifts we've ever had, but we also got a lot of great gifts before he even died. And one of those things were the lessons that Christ taught us while he was on this earth. So I'm going to read this one again. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. We have the ability. We were given the authority to do what Jesus did on this earth. Now your pagans, your new agers would believe that they are the ones that are responsible for these great deeds that are performed for the healings, for the demon removals and so forth. We as Christians understand that we are merely vessels that God uses right here on this earth in order to complete these tasks through the missions that he sends us on. Um, JD, uh, JDW Odie back in the day said something is that, you know, we focus too much on, um, you know, wanting to take these people out and less time focus on the healing. And I agree with him hundred percent on that is that we need to focus on the healing. God was teaching us how to heal. He was teaching us how to remove demons. There's going to be a coming time where we're going to be stepping on snakes and scorpions. We may be fighting dragons. We, we have the authority by God in order to take care of this thing. And we all need to step up as Christians so that we can start doing this start laying hands on, start healing, start removing demons. And it's, it's more than the gospel. Um, spreading the gospel is a great start. Introduction to Christ is a great start. But we need to realize is that God, that Jesus wasn't just coming here to show us his miracles. He was trying to teach us that we had the capability of performing these miracles. And I, I we, I've lived and I've had this conversation before and this is why it's important to start your children off believing. And I don't mean knowing God. I mean, believing in God, having faith in God because, and we see spirits or we see things moving around and your parents are like, Oh no, you didn't really just see that. That's just a figment of your imagination. Yeah. So what happened two, three years later, after hearing that over and over again, we literally go, okay, it must just be a figment of my imagination. And then we lose the ability to see it at all. You know, um, I'd imagine, you know, it, it's like moving a can from one side of the room to the other without standing up. You know what I'm saying? Like we could have all these crazy capabilities, but because we have been, we have been indoctrinated and taught so much that we can't do something. It is so hard to unlearn mm -hmm. and it's so easy to learn. So why not focus on your children right now and let them learn, let them understand that with, like I said last night, with the smallest of a mustard seed of faith, you have the ability to move mountains, Especially you know, 
especially with children, childlike faith, exactly Matt and Hep. Um, you know, this is the importance of teaching our kids. When our kids come up and say, hey, I was talking to Jesus last night. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to be like, oh, I'm sure you were, sweetie. You know what I'm saying? Like, just kind of brushing it off like it's no. There's a good chance was sitting in a chair right across from Jesus sitting in a chair having a conversation with them. You know, but we, as, as adults, because we were indoctrinated, we accidentally sometimes indoctrinate them. We can't, we don't need to limit our children. You know what I'm saying? If a, ch if a child thinks they can do something, let them keep trying. Don't, don't dismay them. Don't take the wind out of their sails because one day that child may blow your mind as you watch them move a can from across the room, slay a demon in your house, um, and do the things that we haven't done. Um, and the thing is, is, is now as adults, um, we need to build our faith beyond that size of mustard seed because it is really difficult to unlearn what you've learned. Very difficult. So we're spending more time as adults having to unlearn what we taught was wrong. And why aren't we laying hands on and healing people? Why aren't we um, doing stuff to where we can make the blind see the lame walk? You know, because we think we can't. But Christ literally told us, John 14, 11 through 12, that we absolutely can. You know, so we need to restructure our brains a little bit. Try to get back to the point where we're at least making these attempts again. Because like I said, try, 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 try. And eventually, guess what? You're going to heal someone. You're going to remove the demon from somebody. But at the very least, our job right now is to spread that gospel, especially to the children. So the children are growing up understanding, not wondering if they can do something, but knowing that they can. We need to let the kids know you can move mountains. You can heal. You can destroy demons that are in somebody that is hosting in someone's body. This is what we need to do. We need to let those kids know they can. Let the wonder stop. Let the, the, the learning and that wisdom begin. And the world would change instantaneously. We're at the point now is because the devil has convinced us through movies, broadcasting, television shows, programming, music, and everything else that we aren't what the Bible says that we were. All we are are meat flesh walking around this earth who are meant to work, eat, sleep, and repeat. Yeah. And then yeah. and then enjoy the spoils of the flesh. Yes. You know, and you know, so that's what we're doing is that's the importance of repenting as well, is getting that out. It's like a balloon. If, if the balloon's filled too much and you blow more air in it, what's going to happen to the balloon? It's going to pop. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, you got to let the air out of the balloon. Repenting is like that. It's, it's releasing the evil and the sin that has plagued you, that has been part of your life, whether you know it or not. Many of us do. The moment you find God is and, and Christ into your heart is the moment that you really realize instantaneously why what is a sin, why it is a sin, because you start to feel the negative aspects of it where you couldn't see those negative aspects before. And um, that's one thing that I'm going to love about this Bards Fest coming up is the multiple aspects of healing the soul, the heart and so forth that are going to be covered in this. Some of it's more adult related. Um, but I think at this point, even the kids need to know because everything is sexualized now. Everything is sexualized. Um, I don't think you can play a video game anymore without there being some kind of sexuality in it. So the kids aren't getting away from it. We were lucky. When we were younger, um, we didn't have VCRs, nope. you know, um, how many no, people we had outside? Yeah, I, we had outside. We had three were outside waiting for the streetlights to come on. Exactly. How many people even had, um, 
you know, we even had uh, film film reels. No. Um, and then on top of that, what did we have on television? We had Sha Na Na. We had yeah. the Muppet Show. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing yeah. that came on television back. The matter of fact, even some of the earlier shows, um, your married couple slept in separate beds. Yeah. That's how far they they have come now. Is that now you got three people that are just acquaintances or friends, literally doing everything they can but sleep in that bed. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you got to remember back in in my mom's day, bra commercial had to be displayed on a mannequin. You know what I'm saying? Not a, not a human being. So we've come a long, long way. Yeah. I think the Brady Bunch was probably the first couple that I remember sleeping, sleeping in the same bed. bed. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, but, but Lucy's a great example is they, they slept in their separate beds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, Jesus was empowering his followers to heal themselves and others to find food and shelter in times of scarcity and to find grace to love their neighbors, no matter who or how different they are from you, to do as Jesus in the world. So what signs and wonders are in the book of Revelation specifically? So in contrast to the kindly miracles of Jesus' ministry, the signs and wonders described in Revelation of John are a regular house of horrors. And I think that was pretty much summed up as about as good as it gets. Ravenous beasts rise from the sea and land, and the abyss eventually holds Satan. The sea turns to blood, fire, smoke, and sulfur kill people. They are sharply different treatments to persecuted Christian and faithful martyrs of God. It does not look good for those that God deems as sinners. So revelation, signs, and wonders in nature and civilization are understood to usher in an apocalypse, a time when God brings one era to a close and another era begins. Christians need not fear an apocalypse. However, because after the end of his age will come a time when all creation is restored and faithful followers of Christ welcome God's endless reign. John Galatian carries a message of God's grace and love. Jesus said that at the time they will see the son of man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, Stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is near. That is Luke 22, 27 through 28. And one thing that I always love too, because uh, we've talked about this before as well, is that all of a sudden there's this new push right now of uh, people trying to say that the New Testament was put in there, was put in there by the evils that are running this world in order to deceive us and to walk us away from God and that it's not real. And they were like, you know, you know, so I was, you know, really struggling because I'm one of those people that uh, I'll carry on a conversation and I will do my best to try to explain to someone, you know, that, that Jesus is real. Um, but they, you know, people always want to come back with their little arguments and so forth. So I always go back to my same couple. And one of my favorites right here is I'm going to read this one again. It says, Jesus said at the time they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. You go all the way back into the beginning of scripture and Daniel says the same thing right here. And he describes it in a way, son of man coming in a cloud. So these things are repeated. Um, and, and like I said, they were like, well, Jesus was never mentioned in the, in the old Testament. I beg to differ. I think Jesus was uh, mentioned multiple times in scripture. He may not have been mentioned by name, but he was mentioned in prophecy, 
We knew that there was going to be a son born to a virgin. We know that there was going to be a son of hearing in the clouds and more and more and more. So Christ was mentioned many, many Testament, but because people don't see the word Jesus or Yahshua um, or Yahweh or whatever, you know, other name people want to call him, they assume that it didn't exist, but it absolutely did. And to me, there's enough proof in the old Testament that the new Testament is absolutely 100% correct. And then when you look at the, uh, at, you look at the prophecy of Daniel and then you go all the way to the end of the book and you look at the prophecies of John and revelation, once again, those match up in multiple ways. So what and wonders give us hope from the first millennium until now, there have been over 200 recorded predictions, the end of the world, the greatest number of predictions occurred during the 20th century. Some people thought that World War II was leading to world's end. Um, more recently, people feared the new millennium in 2000 would be end times as we know it. Was it Y2K? Um, we have no idea when the era will end. But in Matthew 24, 36, Jesus says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Furthermore, Jesus said that we are here about war we will hear about warmers of wars but not to be alarmed for the end is still to come and that's matthew 24 6 through 8. the uh sermon on the mount or the the preaching of the talking to the disciples and the apostles on, on the mount olives um really kind of gets into what we are looking for or what we're seeing right now there's going to be a time where you will have to leave your city you won't have time to go back for your robe um, and I'd imagine that all chaos is going to be taken off at that point, And it's probably going to be very dangerous to go the wrong way down that path back to your house to even collect anything. You're better off just getting out of where you are and then getting what you need when you get to that next place. But remember, God always watches our 100%. If you and I will always watch each other's six, if you and I would give our lives for, for anyone right here in this chat or anyone else in this world, giving our lives to protect their lives. Imagine what Jesus is doing for us every single day, you know, sending his angels. Cause you got to remember God omnipresent. God is everywhere, everywhere at one time. He can be listening to me pray and listening to J crest and, and defy tyranny, pray in three different places at the same, every hair on our head. He, God knows everything. He hears all, he sees all, and he can perform miracles instantaneously in multiple places at one time. Unlike Satan, who is not omnipresent, neither is demons. They can only be in one place at a time. By the, the, the devil is using all of his demons around this world to take care of the problems all over the place. You know, because they, they learn, don't think for a second that Satan's not listening and watching podcasts and reading um, people's uh, tweets and, yeah. and stuff like that, trying to figure out who's going to be my biggest threat. And then what do they do? They use magic. They send all this stuff into us. They use the pagans um, who are, many of them claim to be good pagans, but are unwillingly serving the devil in the meantime. You know, like I said, you know, and and the, the thing is, is a lot of these um witches or whatever, the white witches, whatever you want to call them, um, they mean well, their heart is in the right place, but they're looking at it the wrong way because you don't summon energy from the earth in order to create things. You can accomplish the same things that you guys are doing through Christ instead of Satan. That is the big difference. You know what I'm saying? Is that Christ and God want us to lean on them 
They want us to, anything that we heal, any demons that are cast out, any miracles that are performed are straight through the Lord Almighty. And it's not us. You know what I'm saying? That's the big difference right there is God asks us to be what? Humble. He wants to live humble lives full of humility. And the moment that you start, um, you know, trying to cast these spells and do these things on your own accord, and it's not even your accord. It's the devil's accord. That's what you're doing. You're, you're utilizing the evil and the forbidden knowledge and the stuff of this earth, which kind of puts you into a pretty bad spot. Um, and that's the thing. Do it through Christ. Realize that we are nothing but vessels. We are nothing without Christ. And let go of the ego because witchcraft, all of that stuff, the, the pagans, the ones that believe that literally they're harnessing the powers of the earth and they're making miracles and so forth, it's ego. That's nothing but another form of narcissism. You know what I'm saying? We lean on Christ. We let Christ work these through us. And we're not the ones that make these decisions. Trust me. If you walk across the blind man and, and allow that guy to see again, if you remove a demon that's hosting in someone's body, God sent you. It wasn't a, a coincidence you walked upon that person or that you were the one that, that came across in the day that they needed something taken care of. God put you into that situation. So you start off by... Praying to God, thanking God for the ability that you're just about to give me so that we can make that change and we can heal. So amazing visions and uh, wonders occur or wondrous occurrences or more personal nature reveal God's presence in your life. So God reaches out to us in signs and wonders that get our attention and they cause us to praise and obey him. A sign of God's mercy may come to you through another person. The right person is there to assist you at a desperate time um, or a medical staff person in a hospital um, says words that give you hope or a personal wonder can come in the form of a dream or a persistent waking um, thought giving you a new direction. These signs and wonders are blessings from Christ, from God, occurrences that seem too good to be true that make us realize that a midlife's complete tyrannical chaos that God watches out for every single one of us, leading us with awesome signs of his love. And, you know, so the miracles aren't just to show us what's coming. It's not just uh, to show us what's happened. These, these things are also to inspire us, to make us reach out, to understand that God is all around us and he's working in our lives literally every moment. And it's amazing when you stop and think about it. Um, you know, you may think that you flip the TV on and you're just watching something random. And then you hear words in there that, that stick out and they rattle around in your head. You know, and that's another way that God, God speaks to us in some of the craziest ways. Um, and he's constantly working in our lives, which is why we need to keep him in our lives. And I was like, I've said it before, is, you know, you start your day with prayer. You end your day with prayer. You pray all of the day. You, even if you have nothing to pray for, you know, stop and thank God for everything that he's given us. And then more importantly, what he's going to give us, because we're about to go into a battle. And if you don't have God's blessing, his armor, his knowledge, his wisdom, the enlightenment and every, and the lessons that Christ taught us, we're not going to be equipped. We're, we're basically going to be like a, an unfit person trying to play NFL football. We're going to get squashed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but the faith is the muscle that we need, the, the spiritual muscle. Um, in order to get us to go to be ready for what we're going into. The faith is what keeps us out of fear. You know, even with the signs and wonders that Revelation talks about, fear not. Fear not these things. Because God, Christ is going to be coming back. And as a Christian, 
if you're truly, truly a Christian, you truly believe and have that faith and that love in God, we've got nothing to worry about. Because even if we were to die on that battlefield, we're going to end up at the home of homes, the way, the place that we've been waiting for. We're going to leave this really crappy Joe Biden filled vacation. Um, the Obamas, the Soros, the Klaus Schwabs and all these evil people that work for the devil. And we're going to be at home. The thing is that we're all on a mission. God chose every one of us to be here right now. He's given us the skills. He's given us everything that we need. We just need to not just understand and know, but have faith in God that we have the ability to do exactly what he told his disciples and his apostles that they can do. Go off and do greater things than me. And uh, we will. We have that ability. But like I said, it really kind of starts with our children. We need to focus on them as much as we can and let them have the faith from the very beginning that many of us like myself are having to earn now because I spent half of my life wandering down a very dark and dangerous and a very wide and easy path. Um, I was focused more on, you know, doing things that I wanted to do rather than the, than honing in on the discipline that it takes to be a good Christian. And it does, it takes a lot of discipline to be a good Christian. Because we, we have to let go of those things that distract us. We can't focus on it because many of those things are what keep us in fear, anxiety, and stress. You let those go. Pray to the Lord Almighty. You ask for, you know, you, you ask for, you repent. You ask God for forgiveness for everything that you've done. And we're, we're good to go. But it takes true faith. And like I said, a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain, but we're going into a war. We need to have a big mustard seed of faith, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, so much faith that with bullets whizzing around your head, you're still running right into that battle with absolutely no fear. If you find us on our knees, it's because we're in prayer, not because we're defeated. And the devil's going to be learning that lesson very soon because more and more Christians are coming together. More and more lukewarms are starting to find that fire in their soul again. And more people that didn't know God are finally starting to reach out and ask about Christ. And that's what we're here for right now. Until we walk into the major, major part of this war, this is our job, is helping those people find God, build so that we are ready. Because we're going to be leaders in this army. You know, we got the ultimate leader, which is Jesus, but we've been preparing this for a long time. You and I, we're all going to be the captains. We're going to be the colonels in this war you know, walking into this, we're going to be leaders. We're going to be on that battlefield, praying people through it. We're going to be doing it the right way with God right by our sides. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll never feel more faith and more power having the being able to serve him directly. And then not that we aren't right now, but I'm saying like directly with him by our side. And, uh, we're watching over and praying after rapture. You're not exactly sure when, what happens. A lot of people, have feeling that you know rapture takes before tribulation some think after me it doesn't matter i'm ready for either or i'm working on my life trying to become a better person right here all of you and you guys are a big part of our growth living in my growth personally because we encourage each other you know what i'm saying we we lift we're we're a bunch of cheerleaders right now um rooting each other on you know in those days where we're down we're lifting each other up um, we, we're having conversations right here in chat, learning more and more about scripture, building one another's faith, building the morale that we're going to need in order to go on this battle. And I am thankful more and more for you guys every single day.
literally cannot tell you how proud I am to be part of this family. Oh, yeah, me too. So um, I'm going to read four signs of end times. This came from uh, Dave Jeremiah, um, who many of you know, and he's actually one, um, one that I really love to listen to. So um, when we read um, the headlines, it's not too hard to see that our world is a downward slide. Political tensions, natural disasters, disease outbreaks escalating, and more professed believers seem to be falling away from faith, which we see. But now it seems the tide's kind of turning a little bit. Now, I'm sure there's going to be, we were told there were going to be a lot of people losing their faith, but I'm also seeing a lot of people come around. And, uh, you know, like I said, th those people's trials and their tribulations are going to end up um, being some of the best things that help them on this battlefield that we're walking on to because it's still fresh. But you know what else is fresh? Their newly found relationship with um, I can say with certainty that we are closer to rapture and tribulation than ever before. I mean, and we'll be closer again tomorrow. Um, even as the world hurdles um, toward the earth's last days, we can find hope in God's words always. So the sign of deception. As we move toward the last days, Jesus said that there would be an increasing danger of deception by false teachers. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive you 24, 4 through 5. More and more people will search for leaders to deliver them and they will seek mystics and religious leaders who claim to have for knowledge. And this is one of those reasons that I'm very cautious myself about um, any political leader. Like, do I like Trump? Yeah. Um, do I put my faith in him? Oh, no, no, no. I put my faith in God. And if God's using him, awesome. Um, but right here, more and more people will search for the leaders to deliver them, and they will seek mystics and religious leaders who claim to have deeper knowledge. So I had a conversation with my dad this morning. Um, he's going downhill more and more. Uh, he's getting out of the house tonight to go to an Eagles concert, so I'm kind of glad that he's, that he's getting out to do something. But he talked to me about my uncle, and if you guys remember, I was real worried. My, my uncle um, got vaccinated. He got Alzheimer's and then died from Alzheimer's within like a three month period. So it came quick and he, and it took his life. And he was the Dean of Divinity at Duke university, the, the, um, theological and, uh, religious department. And after some of the stuff that I've seen, I was, I was astonished. Well, I found out today, praise, praise the Lord. This really like eased my soul a little bit is that he left Duke. And he also left the Methodist church because of what it was becoming. When he passed away, he was Presbyterian. And uh, he went to another church because he needed to get away from what the churches had become. And I mentioned to my father, I said, well, the churches have been infiltrated. You know, Christ told us this would happen. But I said, no, I don't think it was infiltrated. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. They've been infiltrated. When you are preaching that, that homosexuality is A-OK, -okay, that transgender is part of God's will, that's an infiltration because you just don't just that because you're certainly not going to find it in scripture, at least no version of the Bible that I've ever read. Um, deception may be one of the greatest threats of the church today, but it is nothing new before the religious reforms of the ancient Israel's key Josiah, um, the priest, God's representatives to the people set up idols to false gods in the temple. You can find this in second Kings 23, four. And the people willingly participated in this idolatry. They didn't throw God out of their worship. Instead, they treated him like he was one of many gods. And the Israelites um, synthesized their religions with another. And we're seeing that happen um, even today. Uh, 
it was mentioning you know, about the Catholic Church um, specifically. So the Catholic Church, what do they have you do? Do you pray to Christ? Do you pray to God? They pray to Mary. They pray to St. Michael. You know what I'm saying? They, they pray to angels. Like they, they pray to God's creations, not to the creator. And that's what we're watching right now is that people are worshiping the creation more than the creator. Um, one word that I'm very cautious about ever using because I hear a lot of people say it is the universe. They'll be like, ah, well, the universe provides. And I'm like, no, the universe doesn't provide. God provides. The universe is a creation of God. You know what I'm saying? So once again, um, I'm very cautious about using that term because I hear a lot of people that, that say this and ultimately what are you doing is you're giving credit to the creation and you're not giving credit to the creator. Um, for all deception going on today, we cannot spend our time on every rumor. Our time is better spent focusing on the solution. And what is the solution? Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through me. So through him, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. You can find that in 32. So what is the second sign of the end times? The sign of disputes among nations. So uh, Jesus warned his disciples that at the end of the age would be marked by wars and rumors of wars with nations rising against each other. So that was Matthew 24, 6 and 7. As dissension escalates, we can view in all the sign of the times. The book of Revelation tells us that conflict, ceaseless, unending, terrible war will fill the tribulation and it will escalate until the entire world is involved. And we're watching this more and more and more. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing, in my opinion, Gog and Magog kind of unfolding, or at least the beginning of this war between Russia, Ukraine, China, um, what's going on right here in our own country, the deception, the division, and everything that's happening right here in our own country, as well as around the world. We've never been more, apart, more far apart than we ever have. There was a point where we didn't look at the world as a world or as a nation. Nation, We are Americans. We are proud to be Scottish. We are proud to be from whatever country. But you still that we are part of the same world. Right now, it, it's more divisive than ever. And what is the, the deep state, globalist, satanic, cabalist plan is the new world order. Hey, guys, we are too separated. We need to be one. And then they're going to usher in the new world order or usher in the antichrist um the, the antichrist uh, system, which the beast system, which we're seeing happen more and more. So many countries live in peace today, but there is a growing sense of instability in international affairs. It has been reported that 50% of all research scientists are involved in arms development. There is at least one military weapon and 4,000 pounds of explosive for every man, woman, and child on this earth. In 2019, global military um, expenditures grew to an astonishing 1.92 trillion United States dollars. As shocking as this may seem, long ago the Bible predicted an escalation of conflict, border skirmishes, race wars, and national battles during the end times. Every one of those things is becoming more and more apparent. There's not a week that goes by that we don't mention multiple examples of this in the news before we get into our topics. So the third one is the sign of devastation. So along with the deception and dispute of the last days, Jesus warned of famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. 
So we literally called that out last night, just all the different fires, earthquakes, hurricanes, and so forth going on. I've seen water turning what looks like it's red. Call it whatever you want to. I go, oh, no, that's just red algae. It still looks like blood. You know, um, the same thing when, when the moon turns, you know, the blood um, and, and it gets darker. You know, like as far as I'm concerned, that could be um, earth, earthquake activity, volcanic activity, smoke coming up from the earth, covering the moon. Have you ever seen what a moon looks like behind um, a thick layer of smoke? It looks blood red. So, um, so, uh, even though God has blessed us with a fruitful, abundant planet, millions of people in the world face food insecurity and scarcity. See, I always assumed that it was just going to be a natural thing that there was just going to be, where, you know, maybe the sun got too hot, lack of rain or something, and the food would be scarce. But what are we seeing? Satan and his minions are literally creating this problem destroying things. they're burning down communities they are poisoning us with chemtrails in the soil these are literally effects and things that are created by the evil in this world it was way different than what i thought but one thing, god doesn't tell us why these things are going to happen or how they're going to happen all he tells us is what is going to happen start to make more sense as we see it so covid19 has raised global awareness of our vulnerability to novel diseases um, but is but it isn't the only outbreak in our world today. So according to the World Health Organization, there have been recent outbreaks of yellow fever, the plague, um, nipovirus, meningitis, and many other things. What was today? What was the one thing that we saw today? Do you remember that that disease? It was like uh, um, denug, denig, or yeah, something like dengue? that. Den, den, dengue or something? Yeah, yeah. Den, dengue. Yeah, some weird thing like that. I'm just popping up now. So every day we're seeing more and more of these things, more scare tactics, um, and, and we're going to see more and more of this. Next thing you know, they're going to be putting up uh, pictures of people bleeding from their ears, their nose, and their eyes in order to scare people. Yeah, exactly, um, Jay Crest. Fear, fear, fear. They're pushing that stuff on us like crazy, and then half this stuff doesn't even exist. You know what I'm saying? All you do is you rebrand something. You call the flu, which we get every year. We've seen it our lives, our entire lives. You, you call the flu um, COVID. And all of a sudden, everybody's just scared to death. Um, and and one thing that I can tell you for sure, and I'm no doctor, I'm no medical professional or anything like that, but I do know one thing. One disease doesn't disappear when another disease pops up. It doesn't work that way. What would happen is this many people would be dying of COVID and this many people would be dying of the flu, but one wouldn't replace the other. You would just have more deaths from two different things. That's how this stuff works. All they've done is they've rebranded it in order to create this fear factor. And uh, I, I did a video a while back that was called Fear is the Pandemic. And the greatest part about what we just went through was they use fear in everything. It's problem, solution, reaction. It's the same thing they do. The evil people create the problem. The evil people come up with the solution. The evil people react upon that solution with things like the Patriot, with things like uh, this lady over in New Mexico who removing part of the constitution in order to solve a problem. One thing that we can say for sure is that the problem is never where you want to go to find the solution. And that's exactly what's happened right now is we are expecting the ones who created the problem to come up with the fix, to fix the, the problem. So we just need to be on our toes, fear not, stress not, know that God's got our back and we're going to get through this just fine. So 
We are all witnessing an increase in frequency and intensity of earthquakes. Between 1900 and 1969, there were roughly six major quakes every 10 years. Recent data indicates that major earthquakes now occur more than once a month, and great earthquakes shake the globe every year. All of these devastating trends and signs that point to the imminent return of Christ. So what have we seen in the last month? We've seen islands just incinerated by fire, melted to the ground. We've seen floods all over. Matter of fact, right before the show, um, Livin and I were literally sitting back watching all of the floods, the winds and the turmoil taking place all across this or all across this world. There are places that are just completely underwater. We've seen two major, three major earthquakes. Um, one off of California. We saw the one, um, there was one in Indonesia that took place, I believe, last night. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're seeing major earthquakes all over the place. And they, these, um, the three earthquakes, the three or four major earthquakes have all been within the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So um, they're becoming more. Morocco, yeah, Morocco, Morocco. Um, had, had a huge one as well. Thank you, Jumbo. And then the Euphrates River's drying up. And I did some digging in that. A lot of people are like, oh, no, this happened, blah, 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 because of this and this and this. And it's like, dude, once again, hey, how the Euphrates was going to dry up, he just simply said that would be one of the signs that we'd be looking for for end times is the Euphrates River driving up. And then the, uh, what, four angels that were found underneath there would end up going off and doing their thing. So what's the fourth sign um, of the end time? The sign of deliverance into tribulation. In the last days, there will be an explosion of antagonism towards God's people. And we're seeing that every day. We are targets like ever. And I've said this before, and I will say it again. There's no more, nothing more that gives me more faith in God and Christ than us being attacked. Because they're not attacking the Jews. They're not attacking the Muslims. They're not attacking the Buddhists. They're coming after the Christians 24-7 nonstop. So obviously, try to so hard to remove something if they're not the problem or if they aren't the ones that are that are right. So come on, keep on pushing against Christianity. I'm a okay with that because the more you do, the more faith I get because I know I'm right. If I wasn't, you would be attacking all of these religions, but you're not. You're coming after one specific religion. So in the last days, there will be an explosion of antagonism against God's people. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. 24-9. We are already seeing evidence of this every single day. So the headlines carry stories of Christians, business owners who are expected to set aside their beliefs in support of a secular and progressive ideals. Universities and school boards admit to routinely passing over Christian faculty members for promotions or even hiring them at this point because they're not. The last thing they want is a teacher like the one that I played for you last night who refuses to indoctrinate her children or fall, or fall into the same crap. She's like, nah, I'm old school. I'm old school too. You know how old school I am? I'm like 2,000 years ago old school, living by the Christian values and not BS they're trying to put onto our children today. And it's even better the adults that are falling for this today. And many of it comes right back to what? The ego. Because many parents, moms, dads, they 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 may have the childhood they wanted. They may not have been popular in school. So what are they doing? They're living vicariously 
through their children and they don't want their children to be left out like they may have felt. So they jump on board to this and then they push their children straight up into it. So who's going to be held accountable for that? The child or the parents? It's going to be the parents. It's no different than the, the nurses and the doctors and the police officers during this COVID thing that were like, I'm just doing my job. God's not going to care about that. God's going to lap you out of heaven and send you to hell. I was just doing my job is not going to be an excuse that God's going to be like, oh, well, okay. Well, you were just doing your job. I get it. You needed to feed your family. No, yeah. it doesn't work that way. So university boards, admins are routinely, like I said, being passed over for promotions and they're not being hired at all. And Christianity under attack in America and every other country around this world. Um, God said one day you would be hated. You would be hated um, for for being me, for my name. It's like I was hated. We will be. And I'm okay with that too. I'm a-okay with that. Hate me all you want to. I would rather be hated right here on this earth and loved in heaven than hated in heaven and loved on Globally, the situation is even more sobering. So during the 2021 World Watch List reporting period, Open Doors recorded the following crimes against God's people. So, and, and I'm not even talking about the stuff that the Pope has done. More than 340 million under high levels of persecution and discrimination. 4,761 Christians were martyred. 4,488 churches and other Christian-affiliated buildings were either attacked or burned to the ground. 4,277 believers were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned for speaking truth on the street, in front of abortion clinics, in front of um, uh, tranny rallies. You know, simply speaking God's word, being out of a Bible, not bothering anybody, just reading the Bible and getting arrested. Great example, Coy Griffin, one of our brothers in arms, a man of God, if I've ever seen one, standing on the steps of the Capitol building, didn't step foot into it, reading scripture to people, waking them up, ended up being arrested. But just in good old-fashioned Coy Griffin style, what does he do? He ends up reading scripture to the shaman in the cell next to him. That's what you do. You become the Johns, you know, John the Baptist. You become the Pauls. When you're, when you're incarcerated and thrown in there, you walk on and you do God's work. You just keep on the line. You don't sweat it. You just say, I don't understand why I'm here, Father, but I'm going to keep on doing your work. And I know you're going to do the right thing because God is going to lead you right into the mission that you were sent there for. So as tribulation approaches, many more will pay high price for living out of the faith in their world. So um, the discourse is one of the most comprehensive outlines of prophecy in Scripture. This will be the um, Olivet Discourse. Um, Jesus shared this information so that we could see and understand these times. So in Matthew 24, 6, he um, told his disciples, See to it that they are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. And right now, this is a waiting period. We need to wait the storm out. You know, in many ways, we need to be ready to defend ourselves. But when I say wait the storm out, I don't mean sit back and do nothing. I mean, don't panic. Don't worry. God warned us these things were coming, and he told us, look, just relax. Be not troubled. These things need to come to pass. The biblical prophecy reminds us that the deception, conflict, the devastation, the tribulation of the last days is no match for the Almighty God. When we experience terrible events like COVID-19, pandemic, and persecution, Scripture reminds us that God declares at the end from the beginning and that His counsel shall stand, Isaiah 46.10. 
by understanding the signs of the end times and this join the apostle Paul in saying for our light affliction, which is, but for a moment is working for us as far more exceeding and external weight of glory. This is second Corinthians four seventeen. We are all in our land of affliction right now. Are we home? No. Are we in the promised land? No. In heaven, our, our true, true home. No, we're not. Every one of us is in our land of affliction. Joseph was put in the land of affliction. Daniel was put in his land of affliction. What is a land of affliction? It's a home that's not yours. It's a home that doesn't serve the same reasons that you are serving, which is our Lord Almighty. But why does God need us in these lands? Because we make a difference. Christ didn't hang out in churches. He didn't go. He, there was no need for him to talk to the righteous because they were already there. They already had the faith. They already believed. That's why the disciples that he chose to walk amongst him were all messed up people like we are who became better people by learning, listening to those parables, doing work for Christ. You know, you, what makes you better at your job than anything else? Is it schooling? No, it's doing. The more you do something, the better you become at doing what you're doing. So we need to all step up and keep on doing what we're doing. Um, recognize that we are sinners and be amongst the sinners because God, Jesus Christ, when he walked this earth, hung out with the sinners because the sinners were the ones that needed to hear what he had to say, not the righteous. So enjoy the fact that God has picked you to be in this land of affliction. Embrace it. Do what you need to. If you end up in prison, utilize that opportunity to wake up people. Because I promise you, if you're doing God's work, even in the midst of a prison surrounded by MS-13, God's not going to have you harmed. God's going to complete that mission. And you may end up bringing five out of those 10 MS-13 people over to God. That's the power of God. It's not the power of us. See, Joseph right here doesn't have the ability, the means of waking somebody up. But through God, I certainly do. Because God's going to speak through my mouth. He's going to make my hands move. And he's going to walk me around like his great lamp on this earth, serving him, doing what he needs me to do. And he's not going to, forsake me. He's not going to walk away from me when he puts me into my land of affliction. He's going to be right, right by your side, right by your side and your side as we're doing what we need to and as we're completing our missions. So um, these are the things that we need to watch out. Some of the, like I said, the end times, um, the signs of the end times and so forth that we're watching break out. And I wish Jeff was here today because he loves this topic um, because, you know, we, we have these conversations all the time about how these things are becoming more noticeable. And I even watched the video, and like I said, I put it up. Um, I was going to play it for you guys, but they ended up removing it. And all it was was a guy on, on the Joe Rogan show. And he was like, look, I'm an atheist. No, he wasn't atheist. He was agnostic. He said, I'm a hardcore agnostic. He goes, but how can you dispute this? And he goes and he reads, um, you know, some, some of the um, verses out of... Uh, out of Matthew, he reads some of the verses out of Revelation, and he's like, how can you dispute this? This was over 2,000 plus years ago. You know, like literally the things that they talked about, they warned us about are happening here in front of our eyes. Um, you figured that this would be enough to wake those people up that are still sleeping, but we got one big problem. It's called cognitive dissonance. Once again, what did God ask us to be? Humble. People that um, can't let go of their ego, these narcissists, they 
thing called cognitive dissonance. They would rather keep on convincing themselves that something's real, even when the signs go against it, rather than admitting that they were wrong. And you know what? I'm okay to be wrong. I am a-okay. I don't mind being called out. Matter of fact, um, Defy Tyranny sent me something the other day because I keep making the same mistake, and I keep saying that Paul was an officer. Paul was not an officer. He was a Pharisee. And I keep making that same mistake. I don't know why I keep making that same mistake. I do. And, uh, you know, so I, I appreciate Defy reaching out to me and saying something about that because I want to be able to correct myself. And I don't have the ego to be like, oh, man, or I can't believe you called me out like that. No, 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 no. You know, being wrong and admitting that you're wrong allows you to seek the truth and to find that real information and to get it out there. And we all need to be that way because you know what? We were wrong most of our lives. Not all of us. Some of you guys were lucky enough to know Christ from the beginning of your lives. Um, but many of us didn't. Many of us may have found him in our teenage years. Many of us, like myself, didn't find God until I was in my 40s or, or didn't know Jesus until I was in my 40s. I've always believed in God. I've always believed in Jesus, but I didn't have that relationship with him. Um, but many of us spent most of our lives being wrong about everything, following the wrong path, doing the wrong things, seeking out um, personal joy instead of seeking out the true joy that we need, which is that relationship with Christ. And once you find that relationship, you just your priorities and you start focusing on that. And in my opinion, there is no more joy than serving God. Because what happened with that? What happened the day that I found Jesus and accepted him to my heart? I had a purpose that I never had before. Because before I knew this, my life was eat, sleep, work, repeat, and then save up as much money to do the fun things. You know what I'm saying? That was all life was. How meaningless is that? You know what I'm saying? What what a waste of time to be created to just do that. But the moment that I found Christ and I stepped into my heart, I ended up finding like like a, a real job. You know what I'm saying? Like something I was proud of, something that, that gave purpose. It's like, man, God didn't just manifest us to put here for his own amusement. He put us here to do a job, to serve him. And it's unlike it. it been a boss that you like. You, you want to do your best to make them happy. You want to make your dad happy at home. You know, it's even better than that because this is, this is life and death. This is redemption. This is spiritual growth and, and reaching heaven at some point, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then everything that we're doing on this earth is to benefit what God had intended for us. And what is that? Love, joy, you know, um, life, you know, all of these things that we've just kind of taken for granted, um, over our lives that once you find God and you have them and you accept that relationship, your whole world changes instantly. And I wouldn't want to do any other thing. Um, I told my, my uh, story about, I used to have some pretty cool jobs. I made some decent money. Um, I thought that I had everything that I needed. And when I lost it, it was a hit to my ego. I mean, it was, I was, I was devastated for a long time. Um, you know, soon after that, I ended up finding, um, my soon to be wife right over and we started walking this path together. You know, she already knew Christ. Um, but I found Christ and then she inspired me more of my life because God brought us together. He was like, I'm going to put her into your life so that you guys can walk this path together. You've got a buddy for life right now, um, in my name. And you guys are going to inspire and encourage one another. And then God said, okay, well, look, while you're not doing anything, why don't you start making these videos? Yeah. You know, so I started making the Pains Angels videos. It went from politics and trying to wake people up to what was happening on this earth 
to being very Christian and spiritual heavy as it is today. Um, as you get your walk, God starts you off with milk, but eventually he gives you meat. I'm in the meat now, you know, meat and war is what we talked about last night. And, uh, you know, we got on the path and I found, um, just this, this, uh, peace in my life that I didn't have before. I didn't need the, the thousand of fans standing up and screaming after an intro video that I played. I didn't need any of that stuff. I didn't need the people walking up to me going, Oh, you're the director of the, the Dallas stars. I didn't need any of that stuff. I thought I did, but that was all about ego. Now it's about humility and I'm not doing anything for myself anymore. I'm doing it for God. And you know, we all are, we are all set on that mission. We are listening to God. And like I said, sometimes God has to smack us down just in order to raise us right back up to doing the things that we need to do. And nothing makes you feel better than when you're doing something for God. And am I where I want to be? Not even close, but I make efforts every day to be that better person. I make efforts to understand scripture a little bit better. I make efforts to get a little bit more faith and a little closer to God every single day. And in doing so, we, we find ourselves getting closer, having more faith, and we can't do this alone. There's a reason that God put you in there and you in here and you in here and all of us together is because we help one another. As God's children, um, we realize that helping each other is helping yourself. When we benefit, when we do something to benefit another life, it's ultimately benefiting our lives as well. And a lot of people on the dark side, the ones that don't have God in their heart think, I need to do everything for myself. I'm going to save the money and do it for myself. But you don't realize is by helping others, you're helping yourself. By harming others, you're harming yourselves. When you call someone a name to make them feel bad, when you demean somebody, when you judge somebody who is trying to better their lives and you're like, well, you're not doing it right. You know, what are you doing? Are you, are you helping yourself by doing that? You may be trying to appease your ego a little bit because many cases, what do you see? You see people downing other people in order to make themselves feel better. Well, I got a better idea. Why don't you make yourself feel better by making somebody else feel better? Yes. You know, there's nothing more contagious than a smile. You know, call it, you know, let's look at it from a scientific level. Serotonin. Yeah. When serotonin is released in your body, it releases endorphins that make you feel awesome, happy, loving. You know what I'm saying? Place that with drugs. Well, there's no better drug. And trust me, I know I've had my share with drugs. Go back and watch the Kilted Christian episode number. Really want to look into my life. No better drug than Christ. No matter what drug I ever did in my life, it didn't feel as good as a bad day knowing God, if that makes any sense. Bad day knowing God is still better than the greatest day I ever had doing any drug that I ever did. Holy Spirit, exactly. There's no better high than the Holy Spirit. Yes, and and I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I am so grateful, man. I, what a mess I used to be. <laughs> I used to be such a mess. And I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed to talk about what I was because before I knew God, I walked away. Because like I said before, God um, was always working in our lives. Before we knew God, he was working in our lives. Before we realized that we were working for God, we were working for God yeah. in certain ways. You know what I'm saying? We just didn't realize it because we didn't know God. And when I woke up and I quit doing drugs, it was before I even knew God. It was before I even had that relationship with Christ. But it was God and Christ that were working in my life at that time to get me away from it. 
And then when I, so I was kind of already when I, when I finally found that relationship with Christ and God, I was, I was ready at that point. Cause I didn't have to detox or well, I had to detox evil. I didn't have to detox heroin at that point. But, um, but the thing was though, is that during that, that time between my detox, letting go of my past, my drugs and those things and finding God, I was embarrassed to mention my past. I was embarrassed to talk about the addictions that I had. I was embarrassed to all of it. Mm-hmm. However, when I found God, God was like, what's there to be embarrassed of? Are you doing that stuff now? I'm like, no, father, I'm not. He's like, then talk about it. Mm-hmm. My goodness. How, as, there's people out there that are now where you used to be. There's people right now that may end up going down that path that you used to be. Use your story. Use your testimony and help wake others up so they don't end up where you were and, and give other people that, that, um, inspiration to walk away from where they were. And and the thing about that though, is people like feel like they're going to be so judged by it that they don't talk about it, which is better to talk about it because you, 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 you're being supported and it's not, you know, not hidden in the dark. It's something that you've overcome and you have to share so other people can overcome it as well. Exactly. And it's in, once again, it's not about us. Same with you, you and I, I mean, you didn't tell me right off the bat, right when we started getting together. Oh uh, no, because I was in my, I was in the process of finding God when we came yes. together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like I said, the people, regardless of what people think about the Q movement or anything like that, yeah. that led me straight to Christ. Absolutely. I woke up one day and said, Oh my goodness, the devil's real. And then I said, God must be real. And that was like my awakening. You know, I feel, I, you know, those people that, that find God through God to begin with is awesome. You know, I had to find out how real the devil was before I found God, but that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed that kick in the butt, mm-hmm. you know, um, this is where we are today, you yeah. know? Um, so like I said, never be ashamed of where you were, never be ashamed of where you were in your life, because guess what? The past, it's gone. The future, uncertain. We don't know. The present is what we need to be focused in right now. Yep. Focus on the moment. Because uh, like I said, it's the same thing. Is that what creates panic? Um, does anything happening right now create panic? Not no. really. Because you only have time to Fear act. Not. Yeah. You only have time to act on what you're dealing with in the present. Um, but fear, anxiety, stress, that stuff comes from worrying about the past. But the past is gone or worrying about what may happen in the future. And guess what? Jesus doesn't even know that he's coming back. You know what I'm saying? So why should we worry about it? We should focus on, on, on healing ourselves, helping heal others, redemption, learning what Christ taught us and going forward and becoming the best people that we can possibly be and helping other people do the same thing. Like I said, this is about, this is about exactly fear, not stress, not um, do unto others as you want done to yourself, help other people grow and you're going to grow right along with it. You can't just yourself. We need to be selfless, yes. not selfish. Yes. And this is how the world changes bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. But guys, it is nine 26. So we're going to end this in a little bit of prayer. It's been a, a really fun show. Um, glad to do this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting Jeff back here at some point. But like I said, guys, we, are the army that God's picked. We're just a small portion of it right here at Celtic Christian Bards Nation and so forth. But the army is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm seeing more people that are focusing less on the politics, 
spirituality, less of the religion, because God didn't create religion. God created spiritual relationship, spirituality. He, he did not create religion. Religion to me has been political. Um, political religion is politics. Mm -hmm. Spirituality is relationship with Christ and relationship with God. So these are things we need to be focusing on, not what church you go to or anything like that, but who you worship yes. and who you serve. So everybody, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for another day. Thank you for just everything that you bless us with. You've given us so much more than we ever deserved. We have grown up and we've been messed up people, dear Lord, at one time, but now we're not. You, you blinded many of us, so eventually we can see. And right now, Father... We've got 2020 vision. We're seeing our heart and our soul rather than within our eyes, dear Lord. We're seeing the signs and the wonders that you've given us, not to stress us out or to worry us, but to prepare us for what's coming and to help other people. Given that little sense of urgency right now to not only redeem ourselves through you, but to do the same for others. Dear Lord, thank you for introducing me and others to this narrow path that we're walking right now. Dear Lord, let us stay on this path. And I want to thank you with all of my heart for giving us this family that's right here with us today, even the ones that we don't know that are working in our lives and we're working theirs and we don't even know it. We're going to come together, dear Lord, and we're not strangers. We're all the children of God and we're going to know each other in the one way that matters and that's through you. And dear Lord, we're going to we're going to support each other. We're going to cheerlead each other. We're going to support each other. and We're going to protect each other in these times of battle. Dear Lord, being a good Christian means to fear not. That means even with our lives, dear Lord. And we're all willing to sacrifice our lives like you did so that other people can, can survive. And dear Lord, maybe that's what the mission you put us on is, is to die person that's going to end up making this big difference in this world. And that's okay. That's okay, because we're going to end up home exactly where we want to be, dear Lord, and I thank you for that. But dear Lord, let us serve you until the moment that we leave this earth. Let us keep on. Let us raise these children to be better than we were. Let our children know who you were, who you are, and what you taught us, dear Lord, without doubt. Let them have less time focusing on unlearning and focusing all of their time on learning more and getting that wisdom and that discernment, dear Lord, that, that we need more than ever. Let them understand from the beginning of their lives that they have the ability to squash scorpions and snakes, to remove demons from people that are being hosted, from you know being able to heal people that are sick. Dear Lord, let our kids know they can do it, not wonder if they can, and certainly not be told that they can't like we were. Dear Lord, many people focus on your sacrifice and the death on that cross, and, and I thank you for that, dear Lord. That gave us the opportunity to get into heaven. That gave us the opportunity to have that relationship, that personal relationship that we've always needed with you, dear Lord. But dear Lord, let people also focus on your teachings, what you came here to distribute through parables, what the disciples were taught, dear Lord. And one big lesson that I've learned and many of us have is disciples weren't as, as beautiful and perfect as before I actually got into scripture. But they were just like us. They may have been drug addicts. They may have anger problems. They may have been addicted to sex. Who knows? But they became what they are through you, just like we are today. And I thank you. I thank you for having patience with us and never giving up on us. I thank you for knowing us better than we know ourselves. I thank you for bringing us all together, dear Lord, so that we can unify instead of divide. You've given us so many blessings, dear Lord, and we don't even know half of them. 
even the miracles that we've been present for our whole lives, dear Lord, we don't even recognize the majority of those miracles. We know that the miracles that are mentioned in Scripture are a small portion. The Bible would have been like a whole catalog of books that filled up my whole house and eight other houses and a hundred other houses and stacked all the way to heaven if they had all been put into Scripture. And dear Lord, many people think that the miracles stopped after the Bible is written, but that is not true because we see miracles every single day. I can tell you one in my life, dear Lord, the miracle that I found you used to be. That's a great miracle. We don't recognize those things. We take those things for granted. The fact that we got to wake up and have another day and another conversation, that was a miracle, especially in the chaos today. The, the fact that we can see under that veil that most people don't even realize is there is a miracle in itself, dear Lord. And I thank you for that. But dear Lord, I ask that you listen to our repentance that you remove the temptation and the evil in our lives, dear Lord. You keep the devil out of our lives as we are targets right now. You told us that we are going to be targets, and we are, dear Lord. They're going to hate us for loving you, and I'm okay with that. We all are, dear Lord. I said earlier in the show that I would rather be hated on the earth and loved in heaven than hated in heaven and loved on earth, dear Lord. We have to readjust our priorities. We need to focus. We need to realize, dear Lord, that although we need to live our life with love, and helping one another, that sometimes we have to throw those rocks and defend as well, dear Lord. You flipped the tables and swung the whips, dear Lord, and there's multiple examples as well of other things that you did in that scripture. And dear Lord, let us do the same. Let us never offend. Let's never let us start a fight, dear Lord, but never let us have our family hurt, our friends hurt, other Christians hurt. Let us stand up for each other with no fear. Dear Lord, give us the wisdom more and more every day, the discernment more and more, the courage that we need in our lives, dear Lord, as we walk into this battlefield. And the battle hasn't even really begun, dear Lord. These are just the pre-trials. These are the birth pangs. And things are going to get a whole lot worse. But it's okay, dear Lord, because you've got, you've got our backs, and we know you do. Building our faith more and more. You us out, dear Lord. You are building the strength and the muscles of our soul and our hearts more and more every single day so that we are doing your work, serving you, dear Lord, your will, not ours, dear Lord. So I ask that you give us the same patience with others that you've given with us. Let us never clench our fists, dear Lord, or judge anybody as, and never let us forget where we came from, what our, our old lives used to be like. Dear Lord, let us remember that everybody just like us has the ability to find that redemption love to find that relationship with you and once we do our whole lives change and so will theirs father thank you for everything in jesus christ's name and our heavenly father's name we pray amen well i want to thank you guys so much um another great episode this evening kilton christian brothers fiance in a bible um going on and uh more than back tomorrow as well and i'm hoping that jeff feels up to it but once again i ask you guys um go on out to uh brothers in a bible and yes. telegram mm -hmm. just say i love you yeah. or we're praying for you i know sometimes just that support um makes the world a difference and hopefully he'll be running around and feeling so much better here in the future um but i know he misses you all very much and i know that he loves you very very much as well and so do we. We are so thankful to be part of this army, to be part of this family. We're growing more every single day. We're learning more, understanding scripture, and becoming better equipped than what God has set, on, uh, set us on right now and this great mission. That mission that he starts you off on with you during the mission and is right there at the finish line when we're done with our mission. So hold that line, guys. We're going to get through this just fine. 
But I love you very, very much. We will see you tomorrow for Kilted Christian episode 455, Brothers Fiance in the Bible. And we'll have another great topic. Um, it always comes to be at nighttime or sometimes right before the show. God's like, this is what you need to focus on. So we will do that again and I will bring you that topic. But once again, Thank you for all that you do. Keep serving Christ and keep on praying, guys. We're going to get to this just fine. I love you all, and I leave you with Daryl Boyer. Guys, just a patriot. If you didn't get a chance, go back to the official Godcast from yesterday and check out his amazing testimony. Let me down and the lies tell me I've been abandoned When the darkness surrounds and it seems that there's no hope inside I can call on your name and you release my pain, Lord, you hear me I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace every breath that I breathe. I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place I'd rather be right here with you. I'm safe in your eyes. I'm washed in the blood. You see fear left to its lies it'll break me i won't be led to believe that all things i am should be true i can let go feel as you open my eyes to your hand on me i can lean into you lord that you'll fight for me Lord you fight Oh I need for you To carry me up on your shoulders You're releasing your peace With every breath that I breathe And I can call on your name And you covers pain there's no place that i'd rather be than right here with you i'm safe in your arms i'm washed in the blood you see all of the lies fill up my mind they come straight from the voice of the enemy I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight Cause I know you're living in me Lord, I'll step across
cross, fear and surrender my life and become who you call me to be. Who you call me to be. Trust you, Lord, cause I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders, releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your Saturday. We will see you tomorrow, Sunday, for uh, the next brother or fiance to Bible. Hopefully, some brothers too. We will see. But guys, go enjoy yourself. Do something that makes you feel good. Read some scripture. Watch Chosen. Do something just involves Jesus. It just kind of some more inspirational stuff and realize we're going to get to this just fine. Guys, remember how the story ends. God wins. He's in every one of us down here. We're not just here some random reason. God needs us all. So keep that faith, spread that gospel, keep on praying. I love y'all very, very much. We will see you tomorrow night for Kilted Christian, episode 455. Have a beautiful evening, and God bless.